Hi, I'm Edward Sree, and welcome to All Things Catholic, where real faith meets real life. How do you know you're really following Jesus? I mean, not just being a Catholic, a Catholic that goes to church on Sunday, or a rah-rah Catholic even. You know, I'm a Catholic that, you know, really volunteers at the parish, and I'm involved in Bible studies, and I, I listen to Catholic podcasts, and I go to all these Catholic events. You know, that's all great, but what's happening on the inside? How do I know I'm really following Jesus as a disciple? You know, Lent is a great time to kind of really examine our hearts and really see, is my life on the right path? Am I really following Jesus? You know, because there's one test of a true disciple. St. John Henry Newman brings this point out of, if I really want to know, am I really following Jesus as a disciple? What's the one test? How do I really know? Uh, and, and, and it's not just Newman's insight, it's what Jesus said. He said, pick up your cross daily and follow me. That's what we're going to look at in today's podcast. So welcome back. I am Edward Sree, and I'm the host of All Things Catholic. Welcome back to the show. I want to welcome particularly any new listeners that may be joining us here. It is the Lenten season here upon us here. Uh, We're we're starting the 40-day journey, and I think it's a wonderful theme for us to be really thinking about how do we live as true disciples? How can I use this, this Lenten season to help us, to, to help us grow, you know, in, in this path as a disciple? And so I want to think about those words. And I, I want you to just imagine being Peter or James or John or Andrew or Philip, one of those apostles. And you're with Jesus. And just picture this. You've been following Jesus for about three years, just from one village to another. You've seen him perform all these miracles. You've heard his amazing teaching. He's explained to you all the parables. He's been training you. And now you've been going out and sharing the good news. But then at a certain moment in his public ministry, and we know that this happens toward the end, it says he's getting ready to leave Galilee and he's on his way toward Jerusalem. And he starts to reveal to his disciples what's going to happen in Jerusalem in his final journey there. He tells them about how he's going to be handed over by the chief priests and he's going to be condemned to death and he's going to be killed. He's going to be crucified. And, and they're just shocked, right? I don't know if you remember the story, Peter in Matthew 16 says, Lord, God forbid that this ever happened to you. You know, they, they just can't imagine Jesus is going to be, he's going to be crucified. That, that, that's crazy. And, and he, he's the savior. He's the Messiah. He's the great King that's supposed to liberate us from the enemies. And he, he's not going to triumph over the Romans. You mean he's actually going to be defeated and crucified by the Romans? That alone would be shocking. But then what would have been really personally shocking is when Jesus looks at you and says, you know what? If you want to be one of my disciples, you've got to pick up your cross daily and follow me. Now, we've heard this line, you know, there's songs we sing about, take up your cross. And, you know, as we hear about the cross, and we know we're supposed to pick up our crosses, make little sacrifices, embrace the little challenges and sufferings that come across our path each day. You know, we may have heard about these ideas, but again, I want you to feel the weight of those words in a first century Jewish understanding in the ancient Greco-Roman world that language about picking up your cross, what would that have really meant? You see, 
as Christians, we're so familiar with the image of a cross. You know, we have crosses in our churches. Many of us have crosses in our homes. Some Christians wear a cross, you know, as jewelry around their neck. We're so familiar with the image of a cross that maybe we're too familiar and we forget what this really meant and what it was really all about. You know, the cross was really the most horrific way to die. It was the most shameful, most painful form of execution. It, it was the Roman way of, of humiliating and torturing a prisoner with, with maximum pain, maximum public shame. It was a way to kind of, you know, show the rest of the world, you know, this is what happens if you dare to rise up against Rome. Don't even think about it. This is what we'll do with you. We will strip you bare. We'll scourge you severely. We'll nail you to a cross. You'll die this horrific death over the course of several days for most people. Jesus was only a few hours, but most people, a crucifixion lasts a, a, a couple days and, and you're dying the slow, painful death uh, as your lungs eventually collapse and you can't breathe anymore. It was horrific. You know, the, the ancient Roman orator, the famous orator Cicero once said this about the cross. He said, you know, let, let the word cross be far removed from our lips, from our thoughts. <laughs> you know, like, don't even think about this. It, it's just so shameful. You don't, you don't even want to think about the cross. So now with that background in mind, again, I want, I want you to put yourself in the shoes of those original disciples. And Jesus is for the first time you begin, you've been following Jesus for all these years and he's never quite said anything about him going and dying, like quite like this. And he just announced to you, he's going to Jerusalem and he's going to be killed. He's going to be killed. He's going to be handed over. He's going to be crucified. And, and they're like, whoa, 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 what is this all about? And then in their, in their dismay, he turns to them. He turns to you. You're one of them. Picture this. And he says, do you want to be my disciple? Then you have to pick up your cross daily and follow me. How shocking. How shocking. Pick up your cross. I mean, of all the images Jesus could have used, why a cross? I mean, Noah got the image of a rainbow. Moses got a burning bush. You know, why, why do, if I'm a disciple of Jesus, I got a cross? I mean, that image is shocking. That, that'd be like today if, if Jesus came to you and said, pick up your electric chair and follow me. Or imagine if there's signs outside the parish saying, hey, mass starts in 10 minutes, so go pick up your guillotine and follow Jesus into church. I mean, people, that's just shocking. Like, whoa, this instrument of torture and execution and shame and, and such suffering. Why? What is it about the cross? Why do I want the cross in my life? I mean, we, we, we're repulsed by it. You know, we're, we're scared of it. But what is it about growing in sacrifice? What does it do for us? You see, when... Jesus, who is God, right? God is love. And the God who is love took on human flesh in Jesus. He became one of us, but he continues living his total love, you know, and God's love is infinite. It's total self-giving, total gift of himself, right? And we see Jesus constantly pouring his life out and serving the poor and helping the people, you know, staying up all night and praise, constantly pouring himself out in love to the father and love for his people, but where do we see Christ's love revealed the most? On Calvary, of course. And it's there on Calvary that we see total sacrificial self-giving love. That's what it looks like, but that's what we're made for. And, 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 and Calvary is not the end of the story. It, it leads to resurrection. And that's the great mystery of love, of self-giving love, that when I give myself in love to others, I actually don't lose, you know, I actually gain in the end so much more. 
you know, most transactions in life, you know, if I, if I give you my wallet, you, you have all my credit cards and I don't have my credit cards anymore. You gain something, I lose something. I give you a hundred dollar bill, you get a hundred dollars and I lose a hundred dollars. That's how most transactions work, but that's not how love works. That when I actually give generously, sacrificially in love, I gain so much more. And that's what Jesus is inviting us to do all throughout the year as a disciple, pick up our cross and follow him daily. In Lent, he invites us to do this in a more intentional way, to be more aware of it, to really go after this. And, and, and that's what we're called to do. We're, we're really called to look out for those opportunities to pick up our daily cross. You know, let me, let me put it this way. And I want to get some practical examples on how we live this out in a moment, but just to think about Jesus who had his public ministry, he had all these crowds interested in him. You know, thousands of people come out to hear his sermon on the Mount and they're amazed at his preaching. They all, what a dynamic teacher he is. And, uh, they're, they're impressed by all the signs and wonders, all of his miracles. Oh, that was really cool. Did you see how he did that? And people would come to him. They'd be lining up, begging him to for help. Help me with my illness. Help me with my son who's sick. Help me with my friend who's paralyzed. You know? So they always came to Jesus for things that they would get out of him. I get some help from him. I get some healing from him. Uh, I get to be wowed by his teaching. I'm inspired by his dynamic preaching, you know, and I get something out of him. And that's fine. But Jesus, 2,000 years ago in Galilee, was looking for more. He was looking for people's hearts. He was looking to see who's willing to follow me, not for what they get out of me, but just because they love me. And, and he's love, love incarnate, love made flesh, radical love that goes all the way to the cross. And he's looking around, who's willing to follow me all the way there? Who's willing to pick up their cross and follow me? And there were very few that said they were willing to do that. And even among that select group of disciples, most of them were not faithful on Good Friday. They ran away as cowards. One denied him three times. Another one betrayed him. There were only St. John and a few women there at the cross as faithful disciples. Who do you want to be? Do you want to be just the crowds that go to Jesus because... I like Catholic events. I like showing up Catholic social things at the parish and conferences. I like being a part of a Catholic social, you know, social media community. And that's fun for me. I get something out of it. Am I going to follow Jesus? You know, just when I, he does something for me, I feel good in the chapel. He makes me feel good about myself. He helps me with my problems. Again, Jesus wants to help you with your problems. He wants to inspire you. He wants you to have good fellowship, either in person at your parish or through social media. All those things are good, but are you willing to follow him even when you don't feel like you're getting anything out of him? Are you willing to follow him just for his sake? Are you willing to go to him at Calvary? Are you willing to go to him on the cross and be one of those disciples that are close to him even there? You see, this is why St. John Henry Newman says that the true test of a disciple, if you want to really know, am I really following Jesus for his sake or just for what I get out of it? The benefits of being a Christian and there are many benefits, right? But, but am, am I really following him out of love for his sake? The real test, if I want to examine myself, is do I pick up my cross daily and follow Jesus? Now, how do I do this? How do I pick up my cross daily? You know, so this is where in the, in the events that unfold in our daily lives, we have many opportunities to pick up our cross and follow him. You know, for example, one way to just say, you know, I'm going to intentionally go after making sacrifices in my life. I'm going to intentionally do things where I practice self-denial. I deny my own self, my own interest, my own comfort, my own pleasure 
for love of others and love of God. If I really love God, I, I want to put this practice of daily self-denial in, into my routine, especially in Lent. So uh, Newman says, you know, begin your day with self-denial. You know, the, the very first thing, what's the first thing you do when you get up in the morning? Do you get up on time? Like that's an act, you know, when, when the alarm goes off and just say, you know, I'd rather just press news and sleep a little longer. Nope. I want to get up because if I get up now, I can get ready and then get my prayer time in before work today. That that's a, that's an act of faithfulness, but it involves a self-denial because I'd rather just sleep a little longer. That's a very small thing, but that's, that's it. That's, that's the sign of a faithful Christian picking up their cross. First thing in the morning, do I, do I drop to my knees right away? Do I get out of bed, get on my knees and give my day to God? the great tradition of a morning offering. You can go online. Maybe we'll, we'll put something in the show notes here, like a, a sample prayer of a morning offering. If you want one, there's many ways to say it. You can simply say, Jesus, I give you this day. I give you all my works, all my joys, all my sufferings, everything in heaven I offered with you. Just, Lord, I give you my days. A wonderful little tiny practice of self-denial. First thing I do is just drop on my knees and give the day to God. Do I, do I make this the sacrifice to be consistent on prayer, even when it's not convenient, I'm busy, and uh, I, I'm not getting a lot of feedback in prayer, I feel like it's dry, you know, but I, do I still show up? Am I committed? That's a test of my own self-denial. I'm not coming for what I get out of it because I don't feel like I'm getting anything out of it right now. I'd rather be doing something else right now, but because I love you, Jesus, I'm going to be there for you in prayer. When, when one of my kids breaks down, <laughs> you know, those unexpected little things that just happen all the time in daily life, do I think of this as an opportunity to go, okay, this is going to be really hard and it's frustrating and I'm human, I admit that, but yet I'm going to try my best to really be patient. I'm going to try to help my child through this situation. I'm not going to try not to lose it. Like I'm going to try to deny myself and all of my, my raging emotions or frustrated emotions, whatever that I may have in order to really serve this other person. You know, there's simple things we could do too. You know, when we're with friends, we do we give in to other people's preferences. I'd rather do this today, but my friends want to do this. I don't really want to do that, but it's not a bad thing. I'll, I'll, I'm going to let them decide. I'm going to go along with what they want to do, you know, or, you know, I'm with my spouse and, you know, we're trying to figure out where we want to go out to dinner or trying to figure out how we're going to spend money on something, whatever it is. And I, and I really have these ideas. I really want to do this, but you know what? It doesn't in the end matter. That's just my preference. I'm going to, I want to just, I'm going to give in to my spouse's preference. What does she, what does she want to do? These are just tiny little things, you know, they, they don't show up in the stories of all the martyrs, <laughs> you know, um, but they aren't in some of the stories of the saints. It was the little things of self-denial that they did. And so I know in Lent, we're talking about giving up chocolate and giving up your favorite show and doing almsgiving and, and building in more time for prayer. We talked about that last episode, the three main practices of Lent. Uh, that's essential. But I'm, I'm, I'm getting a little more into the spirit of Lent here. Can I live what Newman calls us to do, to live out the, the, true, the true essence of a disciple? If I want to really test, am I really a faithful disciple? Do I pick up my cross daily and follow Jesus? That's what Jesus himself calls us to do. I hope this has been helpful. I, I hope your Lent will be off to a great start. If you have any questions, you always can reach out to me on my website, edwards3.com. I've got a couple free articles about Lent. You could check out right on my homepage. You could check that out. Uh, you could also contact me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And again, I really want to encourage you, if, you, if you're blessed by this podcast, this is something you find helpful for you, please share it with others. Uh, I really want to help get the, the good news of Lent, the good news of the saints, the good news of scripture, the Catholic truths, 
uh, out to as many people as possible. So uh, please share this with others. And remember the show notes you can always get at ascensionpress.com slash allthingscatholic. My good friends at Ascension Press, so grateful for them producing the show and helping get it out there. So again, ascensionpress.com slash allthingscatholic. Find the, the show notes there. We'll put the morning offering, a sample of a morning offering prayer there as well for you. Thanks so much for listening. May God bless your Lent. I'm praying for you. Please pray for me at the beginning of these 40 days.